Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 16th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, happy Monday. We are uh, coming to you the day after you had a, a quite full episode of This Week on Broadway. You had uh, not one, not two, but three panelists on the show. You had Jenna Tessa Fox, Jan Simpson, and Michael Portantier. And some of you interviewed the great Lucy Arnez on the show. And then all of you came together to talk about a number of shows. Mary Page Marlowe at Second Stage, Log Cabin at Playwrights Horizon, which closed yesterday, but still good to know about, Cypress Avenue at The Public, and more. But James, what struck me the most is that you guys had a lengthy discussion over Actors Equity's decision to change the name of the Gypsy Robe to the Legacy Robe. I'll fill everyone in on the details about that towards the end of the show as well. But from the interview to the reviews to the the robe discussion, what stuck out to you most from yesterday's show? Uh, Lucy uh, had some great stories that she told uh, during our little discussion uh, about her show that she created. Uh, so it was a it was fun. I mean, interviews, reviews, and news. This is this was the original v- for, uh, vision for this week on Broadway, and I'm so excited that you know nearly ten years later we're still going strong. Yeah, and to have someone like Lucy Arnaz, who's literally either done or seen it all mm-hmm. um, in her career, both in you know as a performer herself, and then obviously her parents were uh, you know fairly good performers as well um to say the least some good genes yeah she's 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 got a good uh good legacy to live up to but uh before we get started i wanted to note that broadway said goodbye to some favorites yesterday as the tony winning revival of angels in america ended its run at the neil simon theater as well as bernadette peters and victor garba garber ending their stints in hello dolly and as we talked about last week laura dreyfus wrapping up her years of playing zoe in dear evan hansen so bit of fond farewell to all of those shows and productions and uh Everybody who worked on Angels uh, and uh, and everybody who's leaving those other shows. So congratulations on some great stints in shows and uh, always excited to see what and who is next uh, on the boards. Bernadette Peters, a lot of people on social media um, posting final show pictures. And it's really, really touching to see how much she has connected with the audience, both Laura Dreyfus and Victor Garber, Bernadette Peters and the Angels in America. Across the board, Broadway has something for everybody. Absolutely. Let's uh, get into the news. A few shows had some trouble out of town over the weekend. Yes, they did. One at the beginning of its run and the other at the very end. First up on Thursday night, it was announced that the first five previews of the world premiere of the musical adaptation of the film Dave would be canceled at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. because the great Douglas Sills had to undergo unexpected surgery. While Sills recovers, Jared Bradshaw will play the role of Chief of Staff Bob Alexander and Thomas Adrian Simpson will join the ensemble. Performances will now begin this Wednesday. As a quick refresher, the show is written by the late Thomas Meehan, Nell Benjamin, and Tom Kitt, and directed by Tina Landau. The new musical stars Drew Galing and Mamie Paris. Now, James, it's I've made no secret about the fact that I am a Sills stan. So, of course, I, I wish him the best and a speedy recovery and do return to the show, hopefully by the time they leave D.C. Um, and when and if it uh, comes to Broadway as well. Now, from the capital city to the second city, yesterday was supposed to be the final performance of the Chicago out-of-town tryout for The Share Show. 
However, due to a technical issue, the Sunday matinee was canceled, and instead the cast did a short four-song concert. Broadway in Chicago issued refunds to patrons. Obviously, there were many fans disappointed by the news, and the senior share in the show, Stephanie J. Block, took to Twitter to respond to one disappointed fan in particular, saying, quote, no one was more disappointed than us. This was a totally unforeseen or unfixable situation. Our safety was truly at risk, and my family of eight was also at the performance. We did the best we could with the situation. She then goes on to make a point to mention that uh, the person who tweeted uh, about it decided to not only tag share, but several Chicago media outlets. And she thought that was a little unnecessary. But uh, anyway, James, the share show will be back on the board soon as it will begin performances on November 1st to the Neil Simon theater on Broadway. Hopefully it has a little smoother beginning to that run than it did an end to the one in Chicago. So a few things about uh, Dave, so did uh did, did any of the articles mention Sills had an emergency appendicitis appendectomy? Um, no, I uh, the the official press release just said minor unexpected surgery. Uh he posted on Facebook he had an appendicitis. So yeah. uh, <laughs> uh and generally appendicitis is pretty recoverable pretty yeah. quick so hopefully that's good. Uh Jerry Thomas Bradshaw uh, do you, uh, who is a, an incredible talent himself who stepped in and uh, stepped up. His wife actually is Lindsay uh, Bradshaw, and she's in Wicked right now, and she took over oh, wow. for Glinda in an emergency last week. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. So, yeah, I knew. Uh, I knew. Uh, is it Amanda Jane Cooper who's Glenda right now? I know she. Whoever's Glenda, I think it's Amanda Jane Cooper. She. I knew she was sick last weekend or the last week. So that's interesting. So Jared was down in D.C. and Lindsay. Um, Lindsay uh, found out with like two hours' notice she was going on, and they have a little daughter. And the nanny took the daughter to the to the Gershwin, and the daughter gave a uh, really glowing review on Facebook. It was, it was adorably cute. They are oh, such an awesome. incredibly cute family. That's Inc- awesome. Incredibly cute. And uh, and Douglas, get get well, get well, buddy. Yeah, seriously. And uh, you know, call us from call us from the hospital. Let us know how you're doing. So, uh, <laughs> all right, what is going on with this week's theatrical schedule? All right, we've got a little bit of everything. First up tonight, the new play Fire in Dreamland by Rena Groff officially opens at the Public Theater. You might remember that in my most recent episode of Tell Me More, I spoke with the show's star, Rebecca Naomi Jones. The play also features Kyle Beltran and Enver Jokai. For me, it was one of those shows that really didn't hit me. I mean, I enjoyed it in the theater, but it really hit me and I start to appreciate all of the craft that Groff laid in there after I left the theater. So I definitely recommend it. Fire and Dreamland runs at the public through August 5th. Sticking with the public on Tuesday, the, uh, the Shakespeare in the Park production of Kwame Kwai Armagh and Shana Taub's musical version of Twelfth Night will begin performances in Central Park, starring Tony winners Nikki M. James and Shuler Hensley, as well as Andrew Kober and Taub herself. The show maintains some elements from the Public Works production, which played a handful of performances last summer. This time, the show will play the Delacorte through August 19th. Next up, on Wednesday, the Broadway production of Gittin' 
G-E-T-T-I-N apostrophe. The band back together begins previews at the Belasco Theater. The show stars Mitchell Jarvis, Kelly Barrett, Mary Lou Henner, and more. It is directed by John Rando. With a book by producer Ken Davenport and the Grundle Shots, with additional material by Sarah Salzberg. The music is by Mark Allen for this original musical. James, uh, they've had some trouble with this one lately. They initially sold the first row or two for a really great discounted price. A lot of fans got those tickets early. We're really excited to go to the first preview uh, in the first row. And then the production had some sort of change to the stage. Apparently, they didn't realize how tall the front, whatever. And then they moved those patrons multiple times to other parts of the theater. So hopefully they've got that figured out. And then last week, they had that supposed discount glitch that we talked about. So I hope that things turn around for them when performances actually begin later this week. I hope that they are uh, getting the office back together, too. Well done. Good for you. Nice. Um, (laughs) Then on Friday night, the Broadway production of Pretty Woman will begin performances starring Samantha Barks, Andy Carl, Orfe, Eric Anderson, Jason Daniel Lee and more. The show features a book by the late Gary Marshall, who directed the film, of course, and the original screenwriter J.F. Lawton and is scored by rocker Brian Adams and his longtime songwriting partner, Jim Valance. Directed and choreographed by Jerry Mitchell, the show is setting up shop at the Nederlander. Now, of course, James, this one had its own pre-Broadway hit with original star Steve Kazee bowing out of the production following the Chicago out-of-town tryout because uh, there was a really devastating fire at his father's house in Kentucky. That is when Andy Carl, who's married to Orfe, um, who has been attached to the project since the very, very beginning, he was brought on board. For his part, Kazee is now filming a Lifetime movie in Vancouver called Tempting Fate that stars uh, Alyssa Milano and is based on a book by Jan Green. Either way, uh, Jane Green, uh, either way, uh, break legs to Kazee and everyone over at the Nederlander, especially former Tell Me More uh, guest uh, Ellen Marie Marsh. So uh, be interested to see about both of these Broadway shows starting previews later this week. Also, also over the weekend on Sunday, we have two openings. First, Moulin Rouge in Boston at the Emerson Colonial Theater. We've talked a lot about that one. And one we haven't talked about over at Stage 42, the off-Broadway revival of Smokey Joe's Cafe will begin performances. It, uh, I've, we've talked about this before. It's uh, such a fun show, and it's been getting great word of mouth over at stage 42 the uh, cast includes such stars as uh, alicia umfris uh emmer deggerstead uh and more and i'm i'm hoping that this one runs it's an open-ended uh commercial run so i'm hoping it runs for a while and i get a chance to see it next time i'm in town also closing over the weekend is passover over at lincoln center lct3 and girls and boys at the Minetta lane theater all right matt what do we have in other news um, well, we've got some recommendations first. Um, first up, we have uh, an article from Melissa Erico. Um, she's obviously a, a great performer, but over the last year or so, she's been, you know, showing herself to be quite the essayist. But this is her, I believe, second um uh, at essay, least, at, at least. yeah, at least a second essay in the New York Times. This one centers around uh, the show she's currently in. As we talked about last week, it was extended into September on a clear day you can see forever with Ivor Shrip. This one talks about something that we've talked about a lot, James, the fact that a lot of classic musicals are frankly misogynistic. And she talks about having played everything from Eliza uh, to Daisy in, in this show to last year she played um, uh Kate and Catherine and Kiss Me Kate and being turned over her co-star's knee to get the spankings and the wallops um, and, you know, and, and how as difficult as those shows are that she believes that they 
still have value in being performed. So she's really brilliant, a fantastic writer and, and a great performer as well. So definitely check that out. But then also I wanted to mention, I, if it feels like I'm being paid to uh, hype up this show in Atlanta, but I'm not. Um, but we talked about how the Serenby Playhouse is sinking a ship every day for a production of the Titanic that opened this weekend. Uh, they actually, over the weekend, released a 16-minute do- documentary about how they came up with the design and how it works, including some rehearsal footage of the ship sinking and people getting thrown into the water. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. It's really, really fascinating. And I will note, um, director Brian Cloudis gets in uh, his his signature catchphrase, which if you follow him on social media, you'll hear him say quite a lot. It's how you're doing. So uh, he says that at least once in the uh, documentary. So uh, highly recommend that for anybody who likes to see people pushing envelopes and uh, pushing design concepts in theater. All right. Uh, so this was what I was supposed to say before. What, yeah, right. what do we have in other news? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got just a couple quick stories before we get you on your way. First, on Friday, it was announced that the upcoming production of the musical The Prom would undergo a change of venue before it gets to Broadway in October. Instead of playing the court theater, the show will now set up shop at the Long Acre. The performance schedule will not change with previews beginning on October 23rd. Theatergoers who bought tickets thinking the show is at the court will be contacted by telecharge who will coordinate exchanges now james when i first heard this i just assumed the move was brought on by the previously announced renovations to the court but from what i heard the word on the street is that the promised producers had always hoped to be in the long acre and following the closing announcement of a bronx tale they were able to make a deal with the schuberts to swap houses they are almost identical in size both owned by the schuberts and honestly i think the long acre is probably a better location don't you think james Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's the whole um, East of Broadway thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. So so that's pretty interesting. Um, and then uh, we're going to wrap up here with the story that I mentioned uh, was at the top of the show that was a big part of this week on Broadway yesterday. After announcing earlier this spring that they would no longer use the name Gypsy Robe to refer to the traditional garment given to the chorus member with the most credits in a Broadway musical, Actors' Equity announced on Friday that the tradition's new name, would be the legacy robe. It will next be given out prior to the opening of Head Over Heels on July 26th. As we said before, uh, the move was made in respect to the Roma people who have been mistakenly, from how they say it, uh, called gypsies for centuries. They view it as a highly offensive slur. The Apparently that comes from the fact that they were originally thought to have been from Egypt. Um, they're not. Um, for their part, the Roma People's Project at Columbia University issued a statement via equity saying in part, quote, given the actual Roma history and its entanglement with the with the gypsy misnomer, we at the Roma People's Project believe that the change of the name from gypsy robe to legacy robe initiated by the Actors' Equity Association is remarkable. It is a step towards accurate representation of Roma people and mainstream society. We are moved by their honorable choice. Now, James, you guys talked about this for about 20 minutes on the show yesterday. Um, Did you, Jenna, Jan and Michael reach some sort of consensus and fix all of the world's problems? Uh, Unfortunately, no, we 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 did not. Um, uh, Everybody brought up some very good points. Um, And we have a lot more questions. Mm. Uh, uh, Does does the musical Gypsy ever get to be done again? I, I think that's different. I it, because that is somebody's name. I think that's probably a little 
a little different. But, um, you know, it makes you think about shows like uh, uh, Hunchback. I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen Hunchback, the stage version. Um, but, I mean, do they refer to Esmeralda as a gypsy? Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, it's definitely yeah. an interesting conversation from, uh, uh, from a lot of different perspectives. We talked about Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS uh, Gypsy of the Year. Uh, mm-hmm. And Tom Viola, the executive director, saying that he, you know, he has no plans to change the name. And you know, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS is it has equity in the name. It has, you know? has equity in the name. Uh, and I brought up that you know, I felt that uh, equity may have overstepped their bounds here. So uh, listen to it on on this week on Broadway. It's an it's at the at the end of the uh, end of the podcast, and it's about twenty minutes. and um, And I think that this is what should have happened. You know, a bunch of people uh, should have gotten in a room, and a larger group of people, and a larger group of people should have discussed this out in full. And I, I feel as though that there was a rush to a decision from equity standpoint. And it's interesting because. And and we don't need to rehash this because I honestly don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Um, First off, I mean, they can equity can do whatever they want. It's their robe. They can they can call it whatever they want. Well, that's that was one of my things. Is is it really an equity robe? Well, I mean, they're the ones who give it out. So I mean, I mean, I guess so. Um, But my my point is is that I I I think we all appreciate everybody trying to be. Um, empathetic to people who have been um, treated poorly throughout history and are currently being treated poorly. But it, it did seem sudden and it wasn't something, one of those things where a lot of times in the theater community, people have a, a reaction to do the right thing after somebody complains about it. I, I don't know that anyone was complaining um, about this one and not that that means you have to wait till someone complains, but you're right. That what was the rush to do this so quickly? And maybe there was a, a lot of discussions behind the scenes that we didn't hear. That's not, the impression that I've gotten, but who knows? Well, Equity is a membership organization. It's not a top-down. It's not supposed to be a top-down organization. That's a good point. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, you know, anecdotally, uh, from looking at social media, it doesn't look like the Equity membership felt as though that they were included in the decision-making part of this process. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. So why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.